RTHK News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Ben Che. The top stories. An expert warns the public not to let down the guard over COVID-19 despite a fall in cases. An appeal board upholds the police ban on the annual June 4th candlelight vigil at Victoria Park. And the health secretary applauds signs that a lucky draw for inoculated people is helping the vaccination drive. Medical experts say Hong Kong has already hit a target of 28 consecutive days without an untraceable COVID-19 infection. But rather than relaxing and celebrating, Hong Kongers should take this opportunity to prepare for a possible fifth wave of the virus. Prominent University of Hong Kong microbiologist Yun Kwok Yong says investigations into suspected untraceable cases earlier in the month had discounted them. But he says while the fourth wave has seemingly ended, Hong Kong shouldn't become complacent. Remember, the virus is able to penetrate every hole that is left behind. So uh, it's uh, perhaps uh, just a matter of time that the fifth wave will come. So the emphasis is not just to say that we have achieved uh, 28 days, uh, zero cases, but more importantly, that it is the time for us to prepare. Dr. Yun says Hong Kong can prepare for a fifth wave of the coronavirus by upping its vaccination rate, continuing with testing of everyone with mild symptoms and maintaining its rapid tracing of close contacts. But he says those who have been inoculated against COVID-19 should be allowed to go about their lives normally. Those vaccinated would uh, learn in school, but those unvaccinated will learn online. For eateries and entertainment premises, we should not shorten their hour of operation. This is unfair to them, and then a lot of social activity would be affected. So for those who are vaccinated, they can actually go in there for any time of the day, even after midnight. And for buildings with horizontal or vertical transmissions uh, in units requiring evacuation, I think the unvaccinated must be evacuated, but those who are vaccinated can have a choice to stay, uh, except that they must undergo mandatory testing. Hong Kong has recorded a single imported COVID-19 case, extending a run without any local coronavirus infections into a fourth day. An asymptomatic 42-year-old woman who arrived in the territory from Indonesia is today's sole confirmed case. The Appeal Board on Public Meetings and Processions has upheld the police force's ban on the annual June 4th candlelight vigil at Victoria Park, citing COVID-19 infection risks. A planned demonstration tomorrow to mark the 1989 Tiananmen Square massacre has also been banned. Senior Superintendent Liao Ka Kei welcomed the board's ruling. Police considered that the public meeting and procession are high-risk activities with crowd gatherings. Police have reasonable grounds to believe that the activities not only increase the risk of infecting COVID-19 by participants and other people, but also pose serious threats to the lives and health of all citizens, jeopardizing public safety and affecting rights of others. The Secretary of the Hong Kong Alliance in support of patriotic democratic movements of China, Richard Choi, says they're very disappointed. He accused the authorities of using the pandemic as an excuse to stop people from commemorating the June 4th crackdown. In view of the recent political and legal situation, the Hong Kong Alliance insensibly discussed and decided this year upholding the legal safety rational way of mounting Jun is paramount important. So in view of this situation, we sadly announced that the Hong Kong Lion no longer have the 
legal capacity to continue to organize this year's June 4th candlelight vigil in Victoria Park. We hope Hong Kong people can understand our situation. The Hong Kong Bar Association has condemned intimidation against a district court judge, saying such action cannot be tolerated and must be stopped. More from Todd Harding. It was reported that the Office of District Court Judge Amanda Woodcock received a few threatening phone calls after she gave some of Hong Kong's most prominent pro-democracy campaigners new prison terms over an unauthorised protest on National Day in 2019. The bar said judges must remain free from any interference in the performance of their judicial duties. It said any threat made with intent to frighten or to put pressure on a judicial officer to decide cases one way or another is a serious assault on judicial independence. RTHK, the time is coming up to five minutes past 11. North Korea has alleged that orphans are volunteering to work in coal mines, farms and on large construction sites. The BBC's Laura Bicker reports. State media claimed that dozens of orphan children rushed out to a coal mining complex to repay the love the party has shown them. It's difficult to tell what age they are, but they appear to be in their early teens. A number of human rights organisations have repeatedly accused North Korea of using forced child labour, but Pyongyang has always denied the accusations. In the last year, the country has taken drastic measures to contain COVID-19, which the United Nations claims has exacerbated human rights abuses. Sri Lankan environmental officials say the country is facing its worst beach pollution crisis as tons of plastic waste from a burning container ship wash ashore. The BBC's Anbarasan Ethirajan has the details. The sandy beaches near the Sri Lankan capital Colombo are now covered with millions of plastic pellets. The affected seafront is known for its tourist beaches, crabs and jumbo prawns. The jobs of thousands of fishermen are at risk. With the COVID crisis already hitting tourism in the area, the beach pollution will make things hard for the industry to recover. A Navy spokesman told the BBC the fire on the ship appeared to be under control, but warned that wind conditions could change the situation. Vietnam says it has identified a new COVID-19 variant that is a combination of those in India and Britain. It's said to spread quickly by air. The BBC's Celia Hatton has more. Vietnam has been praised for using travel restrictions and long quarantine periods to keep COVID-19 at bay during most of the pandemic. Just 47 people have died from the virus there so far. However, there's been a new surge in cases, with more than half of Vietnam's total number of confirmed cases surfacing in the past month. Almost 3,600 people have tested positive for the virus across half of Vietnam's provinces since late April. To sports now, and with a preview of tonight's European Champions League final, here is the BBC's John Bennett. Manchester City or Chelsea will be crowned Champions of Europe this weekend. After a year when most Champions League matches on the route to the final have been behind closed doors, there'll be 16,500 spectators at the Estadio de Rogal in Porto to cheer the teams on. For the Man City boss Pep Guardiola, it's a chance to be reunited with the trophy he won twice as head coach of Barcelona, and it's an opportunity to make history with his current club. For all their domestic success since the owners from Abu Dhabi took over in 2008, City have never won the Champions League, and this is the first time they've made it to the final. Victory would crown a wonderful season that's seen them win the Premier League for the fifth time and lift the EFL Cup. 
As for Chelsea, few would have predicted that they would make the final when previous manager Frank Lampard was sacked in January. But new boss Thomas Tuchel has revitalised the team, not only taking them to this showpiece event, but also to a place in the top four of the Premier League. They go into the final in poor form, though, losing three of their last four games, including the FA Cup final. Having said that, they've won their last two matches against Guardiola's side. The Champions League final kicks off tonight at 3am Hong Kong time. The other big game tonight kicked off an hour ago at Wembley Stadium between Brentford and Swansea, with a place in the Premier League at stake. It's estimated to be worth 240 million US dollars to the winner. Brentford already have one foot in the Premier League, leading 2-0 after two early goals. Brentford finished third in the regular season behind promoted Norwich and Watford and have never played in the Premier League. Brentford lost to Fulham in last year's playoff final. Swansea last played in the Premier League in the 2017-2018 season. Cricket authorities in India say the remaining matches of the Indian Premier League will be played in the United Arab Emirates. Here is the BBC Sanjay Dasgupta. This year's season of the Indian Premier League was suspended in early May as a deadly new coronavirus wave swept across India and a number of cricketers from different participating teams tested positive. The IPL is one of the richest sporting events in the world. According to some estimates, the brand value of the 2019 tournament exceeded $6.5 billion. India's cricket board is now moving the remaining 31 matches of this season to what is widely considered to be subcontinental crickets home away from home. And to end the news, the top stories again. An expert warns the public not to let down the guard over COVID-19 despite a fall in cases. An appeal board upholds the police ban on the annual June 4th candlelight vigil at Victoria Park. And the health secretary applauds signs that a lucky draw for inoculated people is helping the vaccination drive. The news from RTHK.
questions. Next time we meet, I know you're coming home with me, home with me. Sweat like a sauna, break out the ice. I know you're gonna stay the night, stay the night. When you're standing there in your underwear, and my t-shirt from the night before. With your messed up hair and your feet still bare, would you mind closing the bedroom door? on RTHK Radio 3. Toothbrush. No need to rush. Always make time to brush your teeth. And while you're there, use mouthwash as well. <laughs> 